Welcome to the Chasing Success Podcast. Chasing Success Podcast. The podcast for anyone looking to achieve success. If you're looking to learn, grow, and impact the world around you without sacrificing happiness, this is the podcast for you. Now, here's your host, Zach Wright. Hey everyone, welcome back to Chasing Success Podcast. This is a relevant and timely subject for this episode. We're going to be talking about how to navigate layoffs and a layoff situation. Now, what I've done before recording this podcast is I've written a blog post and it's out there on LinkedIn. It's also on our blog, the writing blog, the W-R-I-G-H-T-I-N-G, my last name, blog.com. And I believe I'll link it here in the show notes. But the reason that I wanted to jump in here and not only just have it in written form, but also have it in uh, audio version and video version is because I know a lot of people don't want to take the time to read, but this is extremely important. And this is how I was able to get through the layoff that I had two days before Christmas back in 2020. So I'm not just speaking as this or, or on this topic theoretically, I'm speaking on it from experience. And I thought that it could be helpful for you and the audience here. So let me go ahead and dive into it just a little bit about my situation. If you haven't heard about it from the other podcast episodes, two days before Christmas, I was laid off abruptly. So my manager at the time sent me a ping on Google chat because that's what we were using. It was before Slack and all that stuff. He sent me an, uh, a ping and said, hey, Zach, can you give me a call? I want to chat for about 10 to 5 or 5 to 10 minutes. And at the time, each time that we had a conversation with uh, my manager, each time I had a conversation with my manager, we were talking about what was going to be the next role that I went into at the company. So we were talking about promotions. We were talking about raises and everything seemed very good right? Even though the pandemic was starting to happen or it was in the heart of the pandemic, I had no idea what was going to come during that conversation. And what happened was my manager said, Zach, unfortunately, we have eliminated the PMO project management or program management office lead position, and we don't have any positions that you would be a good fit for in the moment. Now, as many of you are experiencing this, you know that that first thought is, <laughs> I want to take down my employer. You know, I'm going to show them that they made a mistake. And what I want to do with this episode is, is hopefully steer you in a different direction. Now, if you were done wrong and you were discriminated against or you felt like you were targeted don't hesitate to go call a lawyer and run your scenario through that uh, process. So I'm not downplaying that. If you had a extremely bad experience, I recommend at least talking to a lawyer whether or not you choose to move forward after speaking with the lawyer. Okay, so that was my first thought. I wanted to badmouth the employer. I wanted to contact. I actually did contact a lawyer, but I ended up not moving forward with it because I took a moment to breathe and 
I just said, you know, this is not worth the money that's going to be involved. This is not worth the time that it's going to take. And it could be what my legacy becomes. You know, let's say it blows up, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I was thinking too far, (laughs) you know, but that's what I thought. I took a breath and then I came to the conclusion that what I wanted to do was figure it out. You know, I I didn't know what that meant at the time, but I knew that soaking in my own pity or feeling bad for myself wasn't going to get me to the next level, to the next career, to building my own company, right? So what I started to do was look around me. And this goes into the first step of navigating. There's going to be five steps in this podcast. And the first step to navigating your layoff is understanding that you are still here. You made it through every single tough situation that you've ever been a part of, right? So the way that you can do this and the way that you can remind yourself that you've been able to do this each time is think of a troubling time in your life when you were sure that you were not going to make it out alive. Now, I say that a little bit sarcastically, but this can actually get you towards those thoughts, right? The example that I use in the blog post is your first breakup as a teenager. Remember that? Just think about it for a second, right? I don't want to bring up bad things, but this is the way that you think about it. As a teenager, whenever you get broken up for the first time or you go through a breakup for the first time, you literally think that that is the end of everything. Your life is over. You're never going to see that person again. You're never going to hold their hand. You're never going to have those deep conversations. It's over. Your life is over. What's the point, right? Or another way to think about it as an adult is think about when you had $100 in your bank account, but your bills were due the next day or the next week or the next month, and they were a lot more than $100 right? How did you figure that out? And I don't necessarily mean that you figured it out through getting the money. You can figure out certain things like that by negotiating with your landlord, negotiating with the people that you have to pay the bills to, right? So think about those times where you really thought that your life was over, right? Every single time that you went through that experience, you made it through, And so you might be asking, why start here? Why start with getting your mindset correct? Well, it's to prove to yourself that every single time that you thought this, you made it through. And not only did you make it through, I can almost guarantee that you made it through better than when you started, right? So I wanted to get a promotion at the job that I was laid off at. And instead of a promotion, I got laid off. But what came next? What came next for me was double income. Now at this point, even more than double my income. I got into a position where people actually listened to what I was saying. I got into the leadership team. I got into an executive position. That never would have happened at the other position. So think about how a layoff could be an opportunity. Now that goes into the second step, which is identify what you really want. 
You know, a lot of people talk about layoffs on the negative side, which understandably so. People are going through layoffs right now. They are not thinking about, oh, this is an opportunity. You know, thank you for laying me off. That's not what they're doing. They're doing the opposite. They're thinking, how am I going to support my family? How am I going to feed my kids? How am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to, you fill in the blank with whatever it is. That's what people are thinking about right now. But as you go through that, take this as an inflection point. Determine what really matters to you in your life, right? A layoff is all those things that I mentioned before, all those questions, but it also can be a fresh start to regain control of your life. And I know that might sound ridiculous, but a layoff, as I mentioned, I went from the salary that I was making, I doubled it, I more than doubled it, I got more bonuses on that, I've gotten more accolades as a result, I'm on the leadership team. All those things came as a result of how I acted after I was laid off. So what you want to do here in reflecting on what you really want in your life is to recalibrate, come back to reality, right? And ask yourself, what did I like in that previous position? What were the things that stood out to me? What were the things that made me stay in that position, in that role, in that company? And write these down. Don't just think them. Write them down. But then on the flip side, ask yourself, what did you not like? What did you hate? What did you despise? Right? Write those down too. And then what you want to do is ask yourself, what are some non-negotiables that you want to set for yourself? And I understand that having boundaries at this point is going to seem tough because you feel like you have to go directly into that next position, right? Because you don't, you're not making an income right now unless you have a side hustle. And even then that might not supplement your, your income. So it sounds counterintuitive to have non-negotiables, but my point with this is now you understand what you really liked about the position, what you really did not like about the position And you understand that you have your non-negotiables. Having boundaries is going to help you think different about that next position that you accept. And this is going to be important because after you lay off, after you get laid off, you feel like you have to choose the first company that comes along. And that's just not true. Because by setting boundaries, you understand what that next position looks like, and you understand what is important to you, to your family. And by having that little bit of a a gatekeeper or a toll gate that you have to go through or the employer has to go through before actually giving you that position, it's going to help you think about it before just saying yes. So that's step two. Really understand what you want. Set those non-negotiables. The third step is resume updates and LinkedIn engagement, right? So this portion is more so strategic and just understanding the process of what a company goes through whenever they're looking to hire and how you can get your resume through what 
companies called the Application Tracking System or the ATS. So the ATS is a it's typically an automated streamlined approach leveraging technology to vet out resumes around certain keywords for that specific job description. So for example, if you're applying, I'm in strategy and operations. So if you're applying to a strategy and operations position, you might want to have specific keywords in there. And so that might be OKRs, KPIs, key performance indicators, objectives, and key results. It might be strategy planning, strategic planning, strategy management. It might be um, core values. It might be how you operate as a strategy, go to market, whatever the case is, you want to have those key words. Now, one of the ways that you can do this is collect around 10 job descriptions in your related position that you're looking to go into, put them through an optimization tool. Now, once you have all these collected and you put them in an optimization tool, it's going to go through and it's going to get all the trending words that you can start to make sure your resume has. And this is going to help save you time because what I used to tell people is make sure that each time that you're submitting your resume, you have those specific keywords for that specific job that you're applying to. But this is going to help streamline the process. Once you do this in a relevant time, and you get those optimization uh, keywords or optimized keywords, you put them into your resume. Now you can start to apply to those positions without needing to change your resume. So think about doing that. And the other thing that you want to do as you're updating your resume is also update your LinkedIn page. And you want to make it stand out among the thousands, hundreds of thousands of people out there. So I don't act like I'm an expert in this specific area. So what I'm going to do is in the show notes, I'm going to link the same article that I linked from Jane Dehan, which is 20 steps to a better LinkedIn profile in 2023. So it's updated, it's relevant, and it's timely. So I will put that in the show notes, make sure that you read through that and update that. But some of the quick tips is, if you can, or if you feel like it's going to make make sense, put some of your key results in your positions that you held, right? So you have your entire online resume within your LinkedIn profile. So make sure that you're adding those key things that you succeeded in. And I will give this key resume tip here, which is don't just say that you increased revenue by 20%. Go a little bit deeper and say, we noticed that there was a problem. This is a different way to say it, but like you experienced XYZ and you did ABC to produce a result of DEF. It's a formula, right? So think about it like that. Don't just say we increase revenue by 20% because that doesn't say anything really. It doesn't say where you went from to where you went or to where you are now. And it doesn't tell the, the reader of the resume how you went about that. Okay. Speaking of LinkedIn, now we go to step four, which is network, network, network. Now, I know a lot of people are nervous about cold networking or just reaching out to people that they don't know, right? 
unless they're a salesperson, then they're kind of used to it. They're, they're doing code emails all day or code emails on LinkedIn all day. But in this step, the first thing that I say to do is if you went through a layoff and you still have a great relationship with your manager, leverage them first, right? Because your manager most likely has a network greater than you, if, if, at least in my experience, right? I'm starting to build that network so I can be that person for the people who have worked for me in the past. But at this moment, my, my manager's network is a lot better than mine, mainly because of his past. He's ran his own company. He is a, uh, uh, fractional CRO, uh, for many startup companies out there. So that really helps me in this standpoint. Now, for you, if you don't have the luxury of using your manager, think about the colleagues that you've worked with in that most recent position or positions before that you've kept in touch with and reach out to them. Tell them your story. Tell them that you were laid off and you're looking for a position. These are the things that I like. These are the things that I didn't like. These are my skills. This is my experience. And these are my non-negotiables. Do you have anybody that I could get connected to in your network. That's the first step, right? Because that's going to be the best way to go about it because they already know your work. They already know how you work. They know your skills. They can sell you. And whenever somebody knows you like that and they bring you into a company or to a person, you already have that credibility. It's just like selling, right? If, if a customer who you're currently working with and they have high things to say about you, that next customer is going to go with you as long as you deliver, right? You still have to deliver on the interview, but as long as you do that, they're going to go with you because they trust the person who brought you to them, right? Now, the other part of this is that cold networking outreach. Now, LinkedIn is a beautiful tool for this. And I understand that there's tons of people being laid off, especially from the the big tech companies. And you're going to have to get through a lot of saturation. So what you want to be able to do is go at it a little bit differently. Don't go in it. Don't go at it with you want to speak to this person only because you need something from them. Instead, go in with curiosity. Go in with actually wanting to learn from the people that you connect with, right? And so in the blog post, and again, this will be in the show notes, in the blog post, I give an example of just a simple reach out that you can do, and you want to cast a wide net. Most people will be willing to help you, right? If they're in the position to help and they're on LinkedIn, I think that's one of the biggest reasons that people are on LinkedIn is because... Yes, they want to find a position. Yes, they want to build their personal brand. But at the same time, they want to network and they want to be mentors to other people. At least that's the way that I look at it. So this is the example that I put in the blog post. Hi, such and such name. My name is Zach Wright. I was recently laid off from XYZ company and I was hoping to speak with you about how you were able to get into the role you are in today. Would you be open to having a conversation? I'd love any advice you might have around this subject. Thank you so much. And then just put your name as the, as the sign off. So you want to keep it simple, straight to the point. Like I said, most people 
are willing to help you if you reach out. Now, they might be saturated, so don't just do this to one or two people. Find people who have the title that you want or the position that you're looking to get into and reach out to them. And one of the best ways to make sure or improve or enhance the ability that they're going to contact you back is to look at their activity. See if they are currently active on the platform. If they're not active, they're most likely not going to reach back out to you. It's not anything to you. It's just they don't get on LinkedIn as much, right? If you look at my activity, I'm on there almost every single day, um, definitely every week. So that's something that you can leverage is look at the activity, find the position that they have, that they hold and make sure that it relates to the one that you're trying to get into and reach out with curiosity. Build a strong relationship first. You got to gain trust with these people because if you don't gain trust first, then it just seems like you're out there to use them, right? Hey, I see that you have a great network. I see that you have a position that I want to be in. I see blah, blah, blah. I want you to help me get another position. That doesn't come off right, right? They just feel like they're used. They don't feel like they're being a mentor or helping you out. They just feel like they're being used. So avoid that, right? Now, for the people who are nervous to hit send after formulating that email, I want to call out two quotes that I call out in the blog post, and they're both from Steve Jobs. So the first quote is, most people never pick up the phone and call. Most people never ask. And that's what separates sometimes the people that do things from the people that just dream about them. It's literally that easy. There's a story that Steve Jobs tells about getting some parts from HP. He calls, I believe it was like the product manager or the CEO of HP. And I could be getting this wrong, so don't quote me. But he called them, he got the parts, but then he also ended up interning there as a teenager. And it's all because he picked up the phone and asked. Even the CEO said, you know what? You're the first person that's asked me for something. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Just because he took that leap of faith. And then that ended up being Steve Jobs, right? So that's that's the first quote, which is basically saying the only way that you can get a yes is to ask. If you want to get a no 100% of the time from 100% of the people, don't ask. All right, the second quote. This is one of my favorites. When you grow up, you tend to get told the world is the way it is and your life is just to live your life inside the world. Try not to bash into the walls too much. Try to have a nice family, have fun, save a little money. That's a limited life. Life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact. This is the key part of the quote. Everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you, and you can change it. You can influence it. You can build your own things that people can use. Once you learn that, you'll never be the same. The reason I call this out is because when you realize that that the people that you're reaching out to are no smarter than you, it simplifies the fear. And what I say in the blog post is, Would you get nervous if you reached out to your significant other asking for help? Would you be afraid to call up your parents and ask them a question? Now, depending on your relationship, that could change. But 
most likely you wouldn't fear those scenarios or put in a friend there, right? You wouldn't fear those scenarios. That's the same thing as networking. These people are mothers, sisters, brothers, fathers, uncles, cousins, all the above. These are people just like you. So reach out to them, especially in this time of need, but do it the right way. Now, the last one here is prepare for the future in the present. Now, this is forward thinking. So the the steps one through four are going to help you get to where you need to be today. This is to help avoid you ever going through a layoff without a plan B or without a roadmap to what comes next. So when I was doing my MBA at Jack Welch Management Institute at Strayer University, Jack Welch would periodically jump on a call with us. And I was lucky enough to be on a few of those calls, but one particular call stood out to me. A student asked Jack, when do you know when it's the the time to leave a company or how do you prepare to leave a company? And, and his answer really surprised me. And the reason that it surprised me is because Jack Welch is a lifelong employee. You know, he was a, an employee and then he eventually became the CEO of, of General Electric. But this is this shows you how his mind worked. He said, you should always be looking for another position, whether it's during the good times or the bad times. Right. Businesses will make decisions and then you have to react. So one of the ways to overcome this is to be proactive. Now, I say this in the blog, too, but I'm paraphrasing the conversation because it's been a little bit of while uh, since that conversation. But you get the gist of it. And what he meant by that is businesses will always make business decisions. Unfortunately, and we're trying to change that at IMEO that doesn't always factor in the people of the company, right? And I, and I understand it because as a business, you have to have money. You have to make a product, uh, a profit, or it has to make sense where, unfortunately, where the shareholders make money. And as a result of that, the employees feel the pain. So, One of the things that I want to call out here, or there's a few bullet points that I want to call out on how you can always be prepared and always look for what might be next. So once you update the resume, you want to apply to different companies in your respective fields, even during the good times. Now, this is the proactive part, right? And the reason that you want to do this is because one, you get to test out how your resume is connecting with others and see if it gets through the application tracking system. Two, you get to practice your interviewing skills during a time when you're not desperate or desperately looking for that next position. You have the ball in your court. The third benefit is you get to explore the market and salary options to compare it to your current position. And you can leverage that for a higher salary or see how much they actually care about you. And then fourth, you get to build your network by connecting with the interviewers of the company. Now, the benefit of having a network like this is that when you get laid off, if, it, if that time ever comes, you get to switch uh, or, or, or you need to switch companies, you have an entry point to that company. Now, one of the quotes that I say is, whenever you have a strong network, like I'm 
encouraging you to do, you won't have to go through the front door of the company anymore. You get to go through the side door or the back door. And what that means is you're not going in through the application tracking system. You're going in through somebody who knows somebody at that position. And think about that. If somebody is just applying to a position versus somebody that you know in your network is telling somebody else that is hiring for a position about you, you are going to stand out more than that person. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have to do steps one through four. It just means that that is going to help you get in the door and then you leverage those things that you've done steps one through four, right? So that is the episode, steps one through five on how you can navigate being laid off. And like I said, I wanted to do this episode to really help anybody out there who is experiencing this. If you listen to this episode and you're experiencing this, I hope this helps. Reach out to me if you need somebody to go through this with in a live session. Um, But take these seriously. And also, if you have somebody else in your network who is experienced in this, your family, your friends, whatever the case is, share this episode with them. Share the blog post with them so they can have those key steps to start navigating their next position and to make sure that they never get into this position again through that proactive approach on step five. So thank you so much for watching. I hope that you took away a lot of key things that you can apply to your life and your career immediately. But thanks so much for watching and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.